Alright, so this morning we're talking about 12 signs you are no longer in love and what to do about it. Praise God. So let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. And if you can have it on the screen, what happened? Okay, on Nangit. <laughs> That's why it's good to come to church with your Bible. Alright. Matthew 24. We'll be reading verse 3 to verse 12. So everybody bring out your Bible, bring out your tablets, bring out whatever you have your Bible on. While the system is being on hand. <laughs> Alright. Matthew 24, verse 3 to verse 12. Are we ready? Or some of us is still loading. <laughs> so we're going to read it together. One to go. And as they sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, how many of us are reading? Okay, so we have it on the screen now. Let's celebrate our media team. <laughs> Alright, don't worry. We'll get a new system for you very soon. Praise God. Alright, so let's read together on the screen. Let's read the same translation. So I want to hear our voices. Is that okay? Alright, once ago, while he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, tell us, when will these things happen? And what is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take ye that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. And these are the beginning of sorrows. Verse 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and shall be, you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. Verse 12 out loud together. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The Passion Translation, the 12th verse says, There will be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once born with passion for God and others will grow cold. So here Jesus is telling us, right, when his disciples came to him and said, how are we going to recognize the end times? He said one of the reasons I've been told them so many things. He said one of the things you will notice is that the love of people will begin to wane. The love of people will begin to grow cold. Right? It says uh, for, and for you to understand that it was not just talking about your love for God. Right? Other translation expanded it and said people's love for God and others will begin to grow cold. So it's a sign of the end time, right, that people's love begins to wax cold. People become less passionate, right? You know, uh, 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 now in this age and time, it's a normal thing now when people want to get into a relationship or get married, right, that sometimes love, as it were, is not even a consideration. It's financial security. Yes or yes? Now, is financial security important? Very, very yes. There's no construction like that. Don't write it. <laughs> right? It's very necessary. Very important. There is no romance without what? 
by a member of this church, you know that by now. If you still don't know that, <laughs> you need spiritual and manual deliverance. <laughs> you see? Okay, maybe we'll come to that later. So, money is important. Right? It's important. But, you know, I remember many years ago when people want to get married, one of the questions that will be asked is, do you love him? Do you love her? But the question now is, where does he work? Right? Now, you need to be balanced in your hearing. I'm not saying money is not important. Am I making sense? Aha. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to give you another dimension to this relationship and marriage thing this morning. Right? But you and I need to understand that there can be money in a relationship and marriage and there will still not be fulfillment. Am I making sense? So love is like the, you know, it's like a foundational thing. It's just like when people ask, you know, you want to get married to someone and they are asking, is the person a believer? I don't need to ask you that. I expect that you should know. So you say, I know. So why do you want to marry this guy? He's a Christian, you know. He is, he, I love him. Before I go, oh, JB. <laughs> so do you, want to, do you want to marry someone? Do you understand? So those are no-brainers. But one of the things I've come to understand is, over the years, if people are not conscious, right, they don't pay attention to certain things, in relationship and in marriage, right, your love can grow cold with the passage of time. With the passage of time. So, I, I want to be sure that we are all on the same page and we're talking about love this morning. So I just want to tell us what love is not. Is it okay to do that? Ah, what love is not? Especially for the single amongst us. Praise God. The first thing love is not is that it is not an unexplainable feeling. It might sound humorous, but it is the truth. Sometimes when you ask him, how do you know you love this person? It's just the way I feel. I can't just explain it. I can't explain it. <laughs> love is not an unexplainable feeling. You know why? Feelings are fickle and fleeting. And those who live according to their feelings end up failing. Because they don't last. Am I making sense this morning? Right? You can feel certain things, but you cannot base your marital destiny on just feelings. Because feelings don't last. Feelings don't last. They change with the passage of time. The second thing love is not, is that it is not attraction. Now, should you be attracted? Yes. But attraction alone is not love. You can be attracted to someone at first sight, but you cannot love someone at first sight. And you will understand why in the next few moments. So you ask some people, how do you know you love this person? I just love that when I saw her. That's not true. You can't love someone that you just saw. You can't love a guy that you just saw. It is not possible. Because it takes time for you to come to a consciousness and an awareness of love. Am I making sense this morning? You know, what the media has told us is that love is something that you cannot control. <laughs> it just happens. And that's why, you see, when you live your life based on media, when you live your life by the dictates, right, of all those things you see on TV, you will end up eating the rocks in your relationship and your marriage. And please understand, those people are doing the movies and everything. They are not doing it to educate you. They are doing it to sell market. 
So, if they paint a picture of people growing in love, they do speak. <laughs> you will not enjoy the story. But which one is more enjoyable? As they saw each other, you know, love is just radiating in his eyes. Like, wow. <laughs> that one is more easy to sell. So, it's the product they are trying to sell to you. They are not interested in your marital destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you can see someone play a very lovely role in a movie that is about marriage. Be very moral. But their life outside the screen is an opposite of what they displayed on screen. Because they are not trying to, you see, I, I think it was like three years ago, there was a particular, you know, actor. If I mention his name, every one of us will know him. One of the top producers, you know, in Nigeria. And he posted a picture on Instagram. You know, he was <laughs> smoking and maybe him or something. I can't remember. And some people, you know, uh, um, make some comments on the picture that you are a model to our children. You know, you are not supposed to be doing this. And he replied, he said, I'm not a model to your children. He replied, I'm not a, he said, I'm, I didn't tell you I'm a model to your children. You know, so you see him on screen and say, ah, good man. But his life, he's not putting himself under that pressure. So you are the one that turned him into a model. And you are the only one that knows. He's not aware. That's what I've always told people when he said, this person is my mentor. Mentorship is a relationship that both parties are aware of. You can't just claim somebody that does not know. Say, ah, my mentor. It doesn't work like that. So love is not an unexplainable feeling. It is also not an attraction. You see, one of the things I've come to discover about attraction is that attraction is simply an irrational and unexplainable physical appeal. That's why when someone is attracted to another person, right, or to a particular thing, you might not be able to explain it, but you just like that thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, for instance, one of the things researchers are proven is that the average man gets attracted to at least one beautiful woman every day. That's why you see that sometimes a man is driving and is looking. As a woman, if you don't understand that, you will think that he's liking that person. For the most part, as he looks and he keeps driving, he has forgotten what he saw. He's just attracted to what he saw at that point in time. That's why when you get married, uh, you don't start saying, yeah. you don't turn into daddy wa or mommy wa in the house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because men are moved by sight. Am I making sense? It might be that, you know, there are so many things that can make you attracted to someone. For instance, I love shoes. When we first got married, I used to buy my wife some type of shoes and I realized that <laughs> I was making the wrong investment. <laughs> I love stiletto shoes, right? But my wife is in so much stress that when she wears it, she has leg pain. So she will wear, when we first got, you see, this life. When we were dating, she will wear it. <laughs> when we got married, first week she was wearing it. But I noticed that in the evening I would be massaging leg. <laughs> so one day I also had to come to that conclusion. Like, do I also be doing this for the rest of my just said, So don't worry, don't wear the shoe again. You know, so you can be attracted. For instance, I can see someone wearing a stiletto shoe and say, Wow, I love your shoes. Doesn't mean I love you. Is the shoe I'm attracted to. Do you understand what I'm saying? For some other people, it can be your dress sense. I love when people have the right way of dressing. When they look attractive without being seductive. Amen? Yeah. And you can have that. Because in this age and time, society has told us that the more you reveal, the more appeal you have. The question is appealing to who? 
That's the question you need to ask. <laughs> you see, check who is pricing your markets. Because sometimes people say, you know, the kind of guys calling me, I don't even know. It is what you are selling. There are some guys that even in their dream state, they will never walk up to some type of women because they know this is trouble. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And let me tell you this. Whatever you review, someone else can review more. Number three, love is not sex. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So a guy tells you, if you love me, you will give it to me. <laughs> Baby, give it to me. I'll give it to you. What is a lie? Hold on, what have you been hearing? <laughs> it's a lie. You see, <laughs> because if love is sex, sex workers should be the ones that should have the best marriage and best relationships. And for the most part, let me tell you this, for most men, sex is simply a release. I hear what I'm saying. <laughs> Somebody said that maybe. Don't worry, I'll come to that very soon. So a guy walks up to you and says, you know what? You know, the amazing thing is, it's not even guys now. We have discovered that even some ladies will say, how are we going to be in a relationship and not be having sex? So, times have changed. <laughs> Before, it is men that used to go pressure. Now, I've heard that some ladies will be the ones to say, what are we doing in a relationship if you are not having sex? And sometimes the argument is that, how am I sure that when we get married, you'll be able to perform? We'll talk about that some other time, but that's not for today. Number four, sex is not abuse. Ah, sorry, love is not abuse. What do I mean by that? Some ladies have so much low self-esteem and some guys that they believe that when someone is abusing you, it's because they love you. I can't remember who I was showing that video to. I saw a video online recently about a lady, you know, it should be the wife, husband and wife. You know, they were at the restaurant. And <laughs> like one of our greenhouse <laughs> children said, you know, hot pepper soup slap. <laughs> Give the man... <sighs> The man was just there. Is a man full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and some people, be, so a guy is beating you because I know women experience it more. So let me use that. A guy is beating you. I say he's correcting you. Don't say ha. There are some women who believe that. He says it's because he loves me. Yeah, he won't bar me winning. He's correcting me. Your parents didn't correct you. Verbal abuse is not an expression of love. Emotional abuse is not an expression of love. Psychological abuse is not an expression of love. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying this morning? So a guy looks at you or a lady looks at you and insults you in moments of anger. And after all, he says, you know, it's because I want the best of you for you. That's why I'm telling you this. You know, nobody will tell you. I'm the only one that can tell you. I say, it's true, it's true. You need to have your brain checked. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is not love. Love also, number five, is not crazy. What do I mean? Hmm. Some people believe the more senseless you are, 
the more in love you are. So, once you are in love, you just do things you can't explain. You see, you know, I'm a relationship therapist, and one of the things I've discovered are, is that the most spectacular proposals and wedding ceremonies are most likely those relationships and marriage don't last. I'm not saying you can afford spectacular wedding, don't do it. But from my experience, so, marriages die about to end six months after. When those things happen, first thing I was say, can I see your wedding album? Most times when I see, they use the best vendors in Lagos. In fact, they bring something from Abuja. And six months later, they say, we are not sure what this thing is. Love is not crazy. I hear what I'm saying. In these days of climbing Nepal pole to propose, standing in the middle of Third Milan Bridge to propose. You see, when you do those things too much, I know you don't even know what you are going into. Because marriage is work. So the kind of the way some people do the pro, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying proposal is not good. But the energy some people put, <laughs> you'll be wondering. It's supposed to be proposal. See, let me tell you this. You propose to someone in public. If she has a low self-esteem, she will say yes to you, even if she didn't plan to say yes. You have put her under pressure. Except women that are so strong emotionally that say, no, 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 no. Ah, what's all this? They don't care. You propose to someone in shop rights, car park. You now need them or prostrate. Say, will you marry me? Of course, we tell you yes at that point in time. So love does not mean, you see, there's something called the brain relocation syndrome. They say that when people fall in love, it's as if their brain moves on their head to under their feet. It's a problem thing. Because you notice that when people fall, you see, when people are in love, the what they call love, you just realize that the way some people begin to behave, you'll be wondering, ah, are you demon possessed? So love is not crazy. It is not stupid and it is not senseless. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what is love? Love is best described and defined. Because love, number one, you need to understand is a personality. The Bible did not say God has love. The Bible said God is love. So it's the embodiment of love. So if you want to describe love, how do you describe love? Number, um, okay, let me just give us one because of time so that we can focus on the 12 things. Love is a conscious, affectionate decision. It's a conscious, affectionate decision. Or maybe I should say a, an informed decision. So you cannot just fall in love. You see, as a matter of fact, you don't even fall in love. You decide in love. You decide. Do you understand what I'm saying? Love is a decision. It's not something that just falls on you. Let me tell you this. If you fall in love, one day you will rise. Nobody stays on the floor permanently. One day you will rise. Your eyes will open. That's why sometimes people just wonder, ah, what even happened? I didn't even know when I was. Because you fell. So now you have risen. He arose. <laughs> so love is an informed decision. It's an affectionate informed decision. And number two, it is a sacrificial commitment. It is a sacrificial commitment towards the well-being and growth of another. It is a sacrificial commitment towards the growth and the well-being of another. It simply means you are making up your mind that I'm going to be committed 
to the advancement of this individual. And it is not just something that it is not something imposed on me. It is something I am deciding consciously. You see, when people talk about falling in love, it is something, you see, they, don't, they can't even explain why they fell in love. And that's why they also wake up one day and they fall out of love without being able to explain. You say, I don't love you anymore. Why? I don't know. I just don't love you. Because it was not a decision. So, let me tell you, it is not romantic for somebody to walk up to you and say, I just love you. you say, why? I don't know. I just love you. Run. Or tell the person, well, fine. Maybe you should think first. There must be something that makes you to love someone. There are metrics to these things. You can't just say, I just love you. What? Does that mean you can, just, you can just love a madman on the streets? There must be a reason. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because, you see, in the days of trouble, or when you are confronted with challenges, those are the things you keep reminding yourself. And make sure those things are not things that can change. So you love a woman because she's slim. Wait until she starts giving back to children. To your children. Now say, I don't love you because you have added. You made that. Wait. Now say, no, you must go to the gym. Go to the gym. <laughs> have you gone yourself? You think it's easy to gym? <laughs> I've been trying to let this stomach go that it has refused. <laughs> Praise God. And you know, it creeps in on you. You will not see the tummy just <laughs> gradually. <laughs> Praise God. So there are things you don't, you don't base love on, like, oh no, she's, she's slim. Go and check her family. If her mom is not slim, she might not be slim. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So make sure, you guys don't want to hear the truth. It's just the fact. Everybody in her family has their chubby. But she, she's not in, she's because she's still single. And she still wakes up at 4.30 a.m. to go to the island. And comes out. That's why she has not added. When your money comes. <laughs> and you give her a driver. <laughs> and she starts adding. And the glory starts manifesting. And I say, no, no, no. Ah, you are the cause of the glory. <laughs> Praise God. There's a law called the law of atrophy. And the law of atrophy says that the natural order of things is that it gets worse. And you see, we see that all around us. That's why if you buy a car, no matter how expensive the car is, they said the moment you drive it off the parking lot, it loses 25% of its value. You can't drive a car off the parking lot and sell it at the same amount. Even if you take it back two hours later, you can't sell it at that same price again. You construct a mansion. Uh, you lock it up. Uh, and you come back five months later. Nobody has stayed there. That house will not be the way you left it. It would have, you see, it will start dilapidating, right? Is that the word? Because the natural order of things is that they get what? So the same thing, if you don't pay attention to your relationship, if you don't pay attention to your marriage, it will be nose diving by the day. It will get worse. That's why sometimes you look at people, you know, when you look at, <laughs> I remember a story, you know, about a particular man, true life story, who said that he watches his, you know, wedding um, <laughs> service, but I remember this story, you know, wedding service every day. So the marriage counselor asked him, why? He said, Pastor, let me explain to you. He said, I watch it from the end to the beginning. 
in reverse. He said, because I want to see how I went. He said, I want to see how I went out of door. Remove the ring. <laughs> so the guy wishes he could turn back the hands of time. That doesn't just happen overnight. It happens over time. And it's because people don't pay attention to certain subtle signs. You see, people don't just fall out of love overnight. It's over time. It's over time. And how do you know what are those signs? What are those signs? What are those signs? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and verse 3, it says the prudent man foresees the evil and he hides himself. So it means you must be able to foresee these things. You must see them before they begin to manifest full scale. Because the moment they become so obvious to everybody, it has become crisis. It has become a crisis. So the first sign that you are no longer in love or you are already falling out of love is that your partner is no longer aware or part of your plans. That's the first subtle sign. Your partner is not aware of or part of your plans. In Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, the Bible says, can two work together except they are in agreement? So you cannot have a successful marriage, right, if you have a plan and your partner is not part of that plan. One of the things we did before we got married, the moment we knew we were going to get married and we came to that decision, was that we started planning together. Months before we got married, we planned the next three, four, five years. Right? We planned our introduction together, planned our wedding together, planned the marriage. So my wife knew that there were certain things that was not going to happen within the first two years of our marriage. She knew. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? So when we were building, you can't be asking for vacation. We agreed. We planned it. Because vacation is coming. And we go for the rest of the life. But now is not the time for vacation. That was there, not now. Praise God. Are you angry? Don't be angry. It's not your money I'm using for vacation. So your partner, when you notice that you start making plans, and your partner is not a part of that plan. It might be that it's because you're already falling out of love. And it might be an unconscious thing. When you're in love with someone, one of the things I've discovered is that you want to tell them everything you want to do. Haven't you noticed? When you're dating, you want to tell the person, if any new idea, that person is first person you want to tell. But now, you have even done something. That's ah, but you didn't tell me. Oh, spoke back, baby. Ah, no, you didn't forget. You are falling out of love. Whether in a relationship, whether it's marriage, it simply means. And you see, especially for those of us that are married, you must create structures to ensure that your spouse is part of your plan, right, and action. You can't just be doing things and your partner is not aware. For instance, we have a policy in our home. There is an amount you cannot spend. Without the involvement and the approval of the other person. So you can't just see something that you are driving and say, Ah, I saw that thing. He said, If I don't buy it now, there is no demon that can make you buy it. It's a family policy. Because if you buy one today, you will buy another tomorrow. Am I saying that's a perfect policy? No, but that is the way we operate. And you need to create structures like that. Or you just realize because the moment you do one and nothing happens, you do the next one. Before you know it, you just realize that one day you have grown miles apart. Some people say things like, you know, ah, does that mean when I get married, I will not have a private life? Yes. There is no privacy in marriage. So if you want privacy, stay single. 
case of people say things like, you know, I've had a lot. <laughs> you know, in professional counseling, I would say, no, I don't know why. He does not give me my privacy. She does not give me my privacy. And I'm wondering. Private what? There's no privacy in marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's no pri- if you're looking for privacy, stay single. I said, no, no, it's in my business. He wants to know everything. He should know everything. As long as it affects the two of you. So being completely focused on yourself and not interested in your partner is proof your love is dying or it is dead when they are not part of your plan. Right? When they are not part of your plan. So things like you go shopping, is your partner part of that plan? Some people just buy things, buy things, buy things. They never remember they have a wife or husband at home. And I said wife or husband. Because it's not only men that should be buying things for their wife. Wife should, should be buying things for their husband. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Aha. Uh-huh. God did not create a woman to be a perpetual receiver. And I just received a receipt. That's why a lot of women have lost value. Because there is nothing the man can point to in his life. That he can trace to you. Nothing. That's why the guys, some guys in the moment of anger, he just say, move out of man because he knows it is his house. You were not involved in the foundation. You did not even say, ah, our daddy, take this 10,000 naira to buy one bag of cement or two. You didn't even ask. How is the construction going? What you're asking is, when are we moving to the house? He bought a car. Give him money for the tire. He will not say my car. It will become our car. If you can't afford tire, buy engine oil. <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. Number two subtle sign is that you are no longer excited about talking to your partner. You are no longer excited. Communication doesn't happen by default. It happens by design. The moment you stop talking to your partner, whether as a single or as a married person, right? I'm using partner as a generic term now because I'm talking to singles and married. The moment you stop talking to your partner, you are no longer excited. Your love is winning. Because when you fall in love, you say, let me tell you, it is through communication you fall in love. And it is through communication you stay in love. How many of us remember the days of extra food? MTNN, ah, you did those extra food. You'll be talking about nonsense. But those were the things that made you fall in love. No sense. Things that makes no sense. But you know what the problem is? It was talking about nonsense that made you fall in love. But now you are married. You now want to be talking about intellectual stimulating stuff. No, you don't have to. Especially men. You say it's not making sense. It doesn't have to make sense. Women talk to talk. There doesn't have to be a reason. When a man talks to you about his problem, it's because he feels maybe you can give him a solution. A woman talks to release herself and relieve. She doesn't want you to provide the solution. In fact, sometimes she doesn't want you to provide the solution. She just wants to talk to you about it. And if you are not a smart man, as she's talking, say, No, you shouldn't have done that. Do it like this. Oh, you have lost. Next time she won't talk to you. You should be a partner in crime. As she's talking, say, Eh. Ah. They now did that to you. Even if she's wrong, agree with her first. Later, you now say, you two shouldn't have done it. It's not when she's telling you, you say, ah, no, you shouldn't have done that. As a Christian, as a believer, don't be a preacher. I don't preach to my wife at home. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Aha. And I said, no, no. The Bible says in the book of why. There's a time for everything. See, I'm the I'm the number one just partner of my wife. And it did not, it did, it was not always like that. Because I'm a natural workaholic. If you are not talking about work and I'm not interested, why well, just realize ah there is fire on the mountain? And my wife likes to talk. <laughs> I hope it's not my sister-in-law that said that. If your sister can't choose you, I'm not there. So you know what I did? I created a time every evening that we just now. It doesn't have to make sense. Just be talking. <laughs> and I've learned how to make the conversation going. So even at times when she pauses, I say, ah, so the funny end. <laughs> As if finished. Hey, so what now happened? <laughs> so what now happened? So I, and even, say, I've told you this before. It's not interesting. Even God now respects that time. Some of you, you, are, you have destroyed your marriage in prayer. The time you should be talking to your spouse, I say, Rababa. God is saying, go and talk to her. I say, Rabba, God is saying, mm, there's no Rababa. Go and talk to her. Communication is the lifeblood of every relationship. Create time to talk. To sustain the love you have, you must keep the communication alive. Keep the communication alive. And the communication does not have to be intellectually stimulated. Am I making sense this morning? Communicate about everything. Communicate about anything, right? Number three subtle sign you're falling out of love is that you are easily distracted and bored with your partner. You are easily distracted and bored with your partner. You are easily distracted and bored with your partner. What do I mean by that? <laughs> your partner is talking to you and you are pressing phone. You are developing a habit. A habit of you are not that important. You are watching Premier League. Your wife is talking to you. But you to make sure it's not when you wants to watch Premier League. You to now, that's when you now want to talk. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you say, ah, she must not talk during Premier League. Where's Mrs. Olushili? <laughs> Praise God. Is somebody getting something out of this? Some people, your spouse is talking to you, your partner. That's when you are scrolling through social media. It's not right. You are destroying that marriage. You are destroying that relationship without you knowing. Social media, Instagram is not going anywhere. Sometimes I go out with my wife, we go out to eat, and we see people, married people, they are eating. It's the food they are looking at. And what, what did you come to do here? Why don't you just be eating the food at home? You are supposed to come here to have a nice time together. It's the food you are having a nice time with. In fact, there are times when we want to talk, I tell my wife, please put that phone away. Because my wife, I don't know how she does it, she can talk on the phone. It's the nature of our work, I understand. But I always tell her, if I talk like this on the phone, I would have run mad. <laughs> because naturally, I'm not the talking type. I know people find that difficult to believe. Because when I'm on the stage, when I'm preaching, I'm a different person. If you talk to me too much, if I'm not on the stage, I get drained. Sometimes I look at her, wow. <laughs> I got someone be talking like this. Well, it must be a grace. <laughs> I don't have that grace. <laughs> so the moment you notice you have been easily distracted and bored, it might be that you are beginning to fall out of love and you need to do something about it. What you need to do about it, we'll talk about that. That's how I'm going to round up. Number four, you are easily irritated over the things you once tolerated. 
You are easily irritated over the things you once tolerated. Please understand this. Long suffering is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to 23. The Bible says but the spirit, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. Against such the Bible says there is no law. The focus there is on long suffering. If you are going to survive in a relationship, in marriage, you must have long suffering. It's not everything you complain about. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not everything you get irritated about. There are some things you just ignore. It happens and you just ignore it. True love is not easily offended. That's why the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. When the love was hot, hotter than fire. Huh? You notice that the, the person you love will do some things and you just, you take your eyes off it. We say, goju. You just goju. <laughs> but now, everything, you talk about it. Can't you see that? Can't you see that? Can't you see that? <laughs> Easily written. You see some people, the way they talk to their spouse, you'll be wondering whether it's their child they are talking to. When I see that around me, I correct it immediately. You can't be talking to your She's not your child. You can't be talking to your husband like that. The way you talk to a child is different from the way you talk to a spouse. And you see, if you don't pay attention to it, 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 it's a habit you develop over time. You cannot see it. You say, you cannot see it. Tomorrow, you say, are you blind? The third day, you say, it's a serious. It's always graduates. Make sure you don't express yourself to your partner in anger. The things you want, that's why I always tell people when you are dating, what you will not tolerate in marriage, say it before you get married. Because some things will never change. For instance, before we got married, I knew that my wife has a creative way of arranging things. You understand what that means? <laughs> she does it violently. <laughs> As long as she sees what she's looking for, she does not care. And I know some of us who are like that. Here. <laughs> so I saw it before we got married. I can't be complaining in marriage. So what I do is when I notice I'm getting worked up, I just arrange it myself. Me, if I put my biro here, if you come and you shift it one inch, I will know. Before you say, why did you move my barrel again? Put it back. Well, now I just go there. Hmm. There's no point. Why else we have high blood pressure at the age of 40? The doctor will now be counseling you. Say, what are you thinking about? They will not know you are not thinking about anything. It's because we have refused to have long suffering. <laughs> so now you are suffering long. <laughs> Number five. You are gone all the time. You are gone all the time. You are never available. Let me tell you this. Love dies with distance. Do you hear what I just said? Love dies with what? With distance. As I always tell people, if your spouse is going somewhere, go with him or her. I don't believe in intercontinental marriage. I will never support it. It's my maybe it happens oh, <laughs> but you cannot now say perpetually we want to be intercontinentally married. There is no precedence to that in scripture. 
We say search on green pastor. Let's go and search for the green pastor together. <laughs> so one is in Canada. Another one is in South Africa. You are no longer married. If it, you, can, you can decide to do that, but there must be a plan to come together as soon as possible. But when there is no plan in sight to come together, it's just that um, uh, we will see as it goes. Ah, The marriage too will go. You need face time to grow in love. I'm not talking about face time up. As in face time. You need to be seeing each other. If there must be distance, maybe because of certain circumstances, you must pay a greater price through communication. And thank God for technology. So the people that are apart, maybe in relationship or marriage, you must talk and communicate more than the people that are seeing each other. That's why sometimes people say things like, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, well, well, I think it doesn't make sense to me. When we were dating, I was living in Festa, my wife was living in London, and we still saw twice or three times every week, and I was not jobless. No, I was not jobless. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You know, you say that you know you love someone, you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, and you are not seeing the person. And you want to marry. You are marrying a stranger. I can tell you that. You are marrying a stranger. You see, if you can't make that investment now, when will you make it? You are in Lagos. People need visit Ekpe. See once a week. If it's every weekend, you'll be seen. It's the price. Who told you to fall in love with someone in Ekpe? <laughs> and you, you are in Songo. So maybe the two of you will be meeting as we lady. <laughs> Every Saturday or every Sunday after service. But you must pay the price. You see, people don't want to pay this price. That's why there are so many failed marriages in this age and time. People don't want to pay the price. My wife was telling me about someone, you know, whose husband is outside the country because the person has not been able to travel. The husband comes from the U.S. every month. Do you know how far U.S. is? U.S. is not London. London, you can become here every weekend. In fact, I know people who, the, uh, one of the um, spouses, one is in UK, the other one is in Nigeria, and one of them comes either to Nigeria every weekend or every two, two weeks. They say, ah, is it that? Yes, they value their marriage that much. Well, because of green pasture, destroy your marital destiny. That green pasture can turn to brown grass. I hope you understand that. The Holy Spirit will explain it to you better. Hmm. You know, some people say, you know, it's not about quantity time, it's about quality. You cannot have quality time if there's no quantity time spent together. If it's too quantity, you get quality. So don't be playing with words. As I know, anytime we just say, it can be once a year, like, like. What is once a year? Even if this paper has not been approved, that's why when people are saying travel, Make sure if you are traveling, you are traveling legally. Don't go and <laughs> You will now go. You will not be able to come back. You will now be sending money. Sending money. It's not money your wife married. It's you. Because I know some people have that faulty belief system. They say, no, no, let me just go and, you know, have to jack back. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Me, I'm telling you, if you want to ask for God's will, I'm telling you God's will now. It is never God's will. 
Number one, you are breaking the law of the land you want to go into. God will never support you to break laws. Because the Bible says that every authority that be is established by God. God will never tell you to go to another man's country illegally. If they have not given you visa legally, it's not yet time for you to go. It's as simple as that. Number six, you are no longer vulnerable with your partner. That's another subtle sign. You are no longer vulnerable. You are now pretending and forming. Posing like poster color. There are some things you can no longer tell your spouse. You are afraid of being judged. Afraid of being criticized. When you are truly in love, you don't care about, you know, you just want to express yourself. The Bible says the two of them, they were naked and they were not ashamed. They were naked and they were not ashamed. Intimacy grows through vulnerability. Intimacy grows through vulnerability. The moment you are no longer vulnerable, the moment you start measuring your words, ah, if I tell her this, won't she feel that? If I tell him this, he will now begin to see me as. And if you are in a dating relationship and you're already thinking that, you already know there is no love existing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Shouldn't be measuring your words with someone you want to spend the rest of your life with. I was like, I don't want to ask him because you know I don't know how you feel. He can feel anyhow. Ask. Some people don't believe, and I don't care if you believe or not. I'm here to be surprised in marriage. Some people say things like, let me tell you this. Oh, don't, it's, you, you need to, there are things you should, when people say it, check where it is coming from. You say, yeah, you know, when you get into marriage, when you eventually get married, there are so many things that will surprise you. I have not been surprised. You know why? There was nothing we did not ask ourselves. Including how much are you any? Some people want to get married to someone, you don't know how much he or she is any. <laughs> I laugh in Spanish. You don't know. He's like, I, I don't want him to feel bad. Ah. <laughs> you don't want him to feel bad. It's better he feels bad and you secure your destiny. The fact that he's looking good does not mean he has money. I believe you know. This is Lagos. <laughs> Lagos is a place where people use iPhone 12 Pro Max and they don't have a house. And they are scotting. I just think because I know somebody that can buy this kind of phone, you should be able to. I, I don't know. <laughs> I remember there was someone that was dating. No, not dating. Asking my wife out because my wife is smarter than that. The guy said he has the house. Three months. <laughs> she didn't see the house. Four months. He said, "No, I don't. That place is far. I don't really like going there." So I like. Ah. <laughs> Later she realized this guy does not have the house. Are you know what I'm saying? You don't like it? I'm helping you. <laughs> the moment you get to a point where you are now for me, you are for me. If you are going through something, the first person to talk to is your spouse. That's not the person you hide from. It was when man fell that they began to hide. When you start hiding, it is proof something is wrong. Something is wrong. The more vulnerable you are with your partner, the more deep and intimate conversations you'll be able to have. And that's how you grow in intimacy, through communication. But you cannot have deep communication if you are not vulnerable. Number seven, you are avoiding any gathering that will involve your partner's family and friends. Now this is for married people and single. 
You like somebody, but you don't like going see, you don't like being with your family. He's a red, not red flag, red billboard. Just saying, you know, she's the one I like spending time with. I don't, you see, for married people, the moment you notice that you don't really like spending time around your spouse's family and friends, it might be indicative of one thing. Unconsciously, you're already thinking of the separation. And you are trying to avoid in advance the weirdness of the closeness you have with them when the thing eventually scatters. Are you hearing what I'm saying? These are unconscious things. It just scripts it on, scripts it on you. That's why, you know, when I started out, I said that. You can't say you want to get married to someone. And the only person you are concerned about is that person. If I did not like my mother-in-law, I never would have married my wife. We should know this is. I know some of you have this funny no, it's, it's our house. My mother in law cannot just write a letter. Oh. <laughs> you are not married to my kind of wife. My mother in law will not write a letter. She's that caring. She will just show up with food stuff and everything. My mom will ask, because that's how we're My mom will ask, what do you want? Like, no, 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 nothing. She will call my wife. And my mother in law will just come, <laughs> bring banana, bring everything. <laughs> that's like, no, no, no. Oh. So now, even me, I'm looking forward to the banana. If I don't see it, I'm on me, I think me. It was when she stopped bringing it, I realized plantain is now 1,000 naira. I don't want to buy. Say, mommy, we have missed you. And are we going to see you again? Praise God. So please, if you're going to get married to someone as a single, pay attention to their family and friends. You hear what I'm saying? Number eight, subtle sign you are falling out of love is you prioritize family and friends above your partner. You prioritize family and friends above your partner. Before you get married, uh, your family is priority. After you get married, your spouse is your priority. Are you hearing what I'm saying? According to God's standard. You know, there's, there's been seen a lot of funny videos now online. You know, people like a guy, you know, I don't know, maybe some of us saw it. You know, rain was falling, so the guy removed his. <laughs> and I'm like, would you? Okay, no, there was another one I saw. You know, it's a guy just came from a long trip. Who should he hug first? His mom, his sister, his wife. I was just like, what do people understand by you? Your mom has her place. Men, are you listening? Your mom has her place. Your wife has her place. And all those comparisons and say, who should go first? Why are you trying to create problems for yourself? There's a place of mom. There's a place of dad. There's a place of siblings. There's a place of your wife. And you see, some people are not smart. They will... You see... Oh, wait, let, me, let me go into that. We'll talk about it some other time. But let me tell you this. In marriage, you don't prioritize family and friends above your spouse. You know why? Let me just give you a simple explanation. The person you, as much as your parents love you, they don't have a covenant with you. It is only your spouse you stand before God and people and make a vow. Your parents didn't make a vow over you. Till death do us part. Your parents didn't say that to you. But you said it to a man or to another woman. So that person is, you see, you see, you people don't understand that. That question itself, when you ask those kind of questions, it means you don't even understand what marriage is. Marriage is a covenant. You and your spouse are now one. 
as far as God is concerned, you are not two entities, you are one. So it's like asking yourself, who is more important than than myself? Spiritually, that question doesn't make sense. Number nine, you'd rather be with your partner while being with other people than be alone with your partner. It's a subtle sign. It's confusing. Let me explain it. There are some people, they don't spend time alone with their partner. They don't enjoy spending time alone with their partner. But they spend time with their partner, with friends. So they can't go to dinner together alone. It must be with the guys and their own babes. Let me tell you, marriage is not corporate. It's individualistic. So there are some people, when they get home, the house is quiet and silent. But when they are with their friends, ah, there's Jesus. But when they are alone, there's nothing to talk about. You need to work on that. You need to work on that. Number 10, sign that you are falling out of love or you are completely out of love. Is that the relationship is completely sexual. And now this is for married people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In the gateway, we don't believe in sex before marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No matter what society says, God's word is God's word. That pastor is not woke. I'm not. I'm spiritual. I don't need to be woke. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I say, pastor, you don't understand. How, how do we know? <laughs> how do we know? Be led by the spirit. That's the answer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is your answer. The Holy Spirit can tell you anything. It's because you don't have a relationship with him. That's why you're asking those funny questions. How will I know, you know, if, if, if you'll be able to last long? What's your definition of last long? It's because you already have comparison. Should I go further? According to God's order and standard, there should not be, you should not have the basis of definition of long. Because... You should only have it with one person according to God's order. Now, that will not be the, av- the average person's experience. But you see, if you don't have anything or anyone to compare your spouse to, how do you know you are not satisfied? The reason why you are not satisfied is because there is something that already tells you that this is how it should be done. You will get it later. So when you notice that a relationship or marriage is completely sexual. Everything is just, when the man wants to talk to his wife, is when he wants sex. Something is already wrong somewhere. It simply means the woman has become a prostitute or retainer. You know, the way you can have a consultant in a company or retainership. And some people, that's why they marry. They just want a sex object or retainership. So at least, I don't have to pay anybody. When I'm ready, we go to the other room. <laughs> Praise God. When it is all sex, it means there is no emotional and intellectual intimacy. That's what it means. So, you go visit, you are dating, I know you are married, and after five minutes, the next thing is you have started fondling. You can see it's already making moves. Let me tell you, there is no marriage. There is no love in that one. It is only sex. For married people, number 11, when there is no physical intimacy, Hmm. So there are some people who are married who have not had sex for years. Let me tell you, <laughs> I remember um, I got married in Fountain of Life Church. That was my wife's, you know, church before we got married. 
Remember, Pastor Tawo, the choir saying something. He said, What you want to get? Are you ready to have sex? He said, A lot of sex. See, singles believe that what married people do every day is to be having sex. Some people can already imagine. We have it in the morning, afternoon, evening. But as you wake up first thing, <laughs> in marriage, sex becomes work. Married people, am I right? There are times your husband will feel like it, you don't feel like it. There are times you will feel like it, your husband will not feel like it. So you, because in marriage, sex is service. And it requires selflessness. I'm talking about sex, everybody is quiet. As if you don't... <laughs> you know, this is one of the things that the previous generation you don't hear about the belief church, you know, in church. You don't talk about sex in church. Is 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 Our people were experimenting outside. Me, I shall tell you. <laughs> While a sex-free relationship can work for a few group of people, physical intimacy sometimes separates. You see, is what separates marriage. From every other type of friendship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because there are people you can be very close to. Very close to that you are not married to of the opposite sex. But make sure the closeness you are not crossing boundaries. So when you say someone is friend and you already dream of the person. Dream, 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 dream. <laughs> Number 12, last but not the least, you no longer care if your partner is around or away. It's a subtle sign that you're already falling out of love. Indifference is deadly in marriage. Indifference. Some people don't care whether their spouse is around or their partner is away. They don't care. They're already used to it. It's not normal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If your partner goes out huh, as a married person, it is not normal for your partner not to be at home at a particular time and you don't feel you should call. When she gets home, she gets home. And they call you to say, why are you calling me? Am I a child? They should call you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I know some men are like that. Say, why are you calling me? Why are you calling me? No, 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 I'm coming, I'm coming. No, they should call you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, you are smiling. I can see you with my size. They should call you. <laughs> they should call you. And when they call you, pick it. I'm saying, why is she calling me? What if I daily? I don't need to pick. Pick. So they will not carry you, they will not kidnap you. So that the day something happens, they will know something has happened. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what can you do about it as I rush through this? Number one, work at falling in love again. Work. The emphasis is on work. The emphasis is on work. Work at falling in love again. How did you fall in love the first time? Communication. Work on your communication. Create time for your partner. Create time for conversations. Create time for recreation. Create time for shared meals. Create time for getaways. As a married person, there are times you just need to get away from it all and be with your partner alone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? With your phones off. I say, ah, what if the clients call? Announce to them in advance. So so date to so so date, I will be unreachable. Because if you are out of the country, you will be unreachable. So if you cannot afford to go out of the country yet, eh? Even if you can't afford vacation, do staycation. Staycation is you're staying indoors and you're cut off and focus on yourselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying? At times, go on a walk together. Go on a walk, just. But walk at falling in love again. Number two, cultivate selflessness. Marriage only succeeds between two selfless individuals. 
If you are self-centered, if, if you are all about yourself, me, myself, and I, you will not succeed in marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Male or female, marriage is about service. You have to be selfless. You see, what makes marriage sweet is that I'm, as I'm thinking for you, you are thinking for me. It's not only you. You are not a project. Many people are projects. They are, you, you did not remember, you did not remember. You, did you remember his own? Did you remember our own? Number three, develop a heart of service. It's almost the same thing with selflessness. Develop a heart of service. Seek for ways to materialize the dreams of your partner. Number four, be humble. Humility is the foundation for teachability. When you notice you are not getting something right, seek for help. If you are not humble, you will not seek for help. There are some men who feel, well, why do I need to talk to somebody, you know, be telling them about our private matters. Before your private matter becomes public disgrace, you better talk. Seek for help. Seek for help. Seek for help. Don't destroy your marriage with pride. And last but not the least, be spiritually develop or grow spiritually. Grow spiritually. Grow spiritually. You cannot love as you are supposed to, right, if you are not growing closer to God. God is love and the extent to which you are able to love as intended by him is largely predicated on how much you have been able to receive his love because you cannot give what you don't have. Ephesians 5 and verse 17 to 23. I'm going to round up with that. Ephesians 5, 17 to 23. My pastor showed us a scripture, you know, first lady and I, this scripture, I think it was early this year or late, late last year. And he just blessed me. So I want us to say it. Ephesians 5, 17 to 23. The reason a lot of people struggle Hallelujah. All right. So the reason why a lot of people struggle maritally is because they think there is a difference between their spiritual work and their romantic life. See, let me tell you this. Your marriage cannot be more successful than your level of spiritual maturity. Ephesians 5, are we there? Verse 17. The Bible says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with what? with wine, wherein there is excess, but be what? Filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. Now look at what it says. What does it say next? Wives, do what? Submit to your own husbands as unto what? The Lord. The truth is, there are some men you can't submit to like that. That's just the truth. You know what that means? As unto the Lord. Do you know? You see, we need to understand the root word of the meaning of words. Lord simply means someone in charge of your life. A Lord is someone you don't question. Every man here, ask yourself, can you be like that to the women in your life? Are you that spiritually mature? That your wife knows. But the person engaged to you knows that if my husband says this, I know that his decision will lead us into the right place because he has that from God. A man that is not hearing from God has no right to lead any woman. Because the Bible says she should submit to you as unto the Lord. It's a lot of responsibility. 
The question is, you see, let's go further. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be unto their own husbands in everything. When Christ tells me something, I don't question it. Because I know that it cannot be wrong. As a man, can you get to that level of spirituality that your wife knows that if my husband says God said we should do this, it cannot be wrong. It's because he had God. So before you start saying, hey, God said you should submit, submit, submit. <laughs> before they should submit, before you start demanding submission. Huh? And let me tell you, the submission is not something you demand. It's something you inspire. Men, are you listening to me? A woman that has followed you one inch and she saw that it turned out right. Followed you one meter. One dry dry. You won't need to pressure her to follow you one mile. You won't need to. Now, he says, Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Huh? <laughs> and did what? Gave himself for it. Can you give your life for that woman as a man before you start asking for submission? Say, submit, submit, submit. Have you given your life to her? It means you are prioritizing our needs above yours. The Bible tells us how Christ loved the church. He said, by giving his life. By giving his life. He says that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. But see where all that started from. Because people just jump. So, husband, love your wife. Why submit to your own husband? Where he starts from is verse 17. He says, be filled with the spirits. That's the foundation of everything. Be filled with what? With the spirits. If you are not filled with the spirits, you can't get it right to marriage. You will eternally have marital crisis. I can tell you that. Let me tell you this. But some people are not Christians, they are not believers, but they are enjoying their marriage. That's what you think. I counsel some of them. And I don't only counsel Christians. I counsel people who have been taught, you know, faith marriage. Muslim married, Christian, Christian. I've counseled all manner of people. When I'm doing my counseling, I'm not a pastor. I'm a professional therapist. And one thing I've come to understand, you cannot boycott God's word. You can't. You might think you are that smart. You are not that smart. If he says that you cannot get it right except you are filled with the Spirit, let me tell you, you cannot get it right. You cannot. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for the seed of your word that has been sown in our hearts. Many things have been said, I ask that you multiply these things in the hearts of your people. The steps we need to take as individuals show it to us in specific areas of our lives. We ask the Holy Spirit of the living God that you will help us to build model marriages. Marriages that will build, be an inspiration to many. We receive the grace to do that. We give you the thanks and we give you the praise. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Alright, we have a few questions here. Oh, just two. Praise God. Alright, so how do you improve communication? How do you improve communication? A demand being vulnerable to women. As men naturally feel they can handle it without stressing the lady. Well, vulnerability is built over time. It is not built overnight. Right? So, um... So improve communication. Just communicate. I hear what I'm saying. And learn about it. I think the last two months, right, the Romance Academy edition was focused on communication. So go to the website. The messages are there for free. Like first lady will say for now. 
<laughs> Go there, download it, and listen to it. Right? If you want to work on your communication skills, especially in marriage, go to the website, download the messages. They're free. That's what we focused on last month, right? That's May and April, right? So that's going to help you. What to do? I assume the person wants to say, what do you do? When the guy is in a different state from the lady, I already said you have to pay the price to see each other. My wife was telling me about someone very close to her who said that, um, I'm not saying you should do that. Because eventually, you know, she went to Kaduna to go and visit a guy. That was many years ago. And three days later, the guy broke up with her. But let me tell you, it is better. Maybe if she had not gone to Kaduna, the guy will not say something. Or she will not say something. And they would have married. So it is better. Because the person she got married to now, uh, she did not even miss that guy. So let me tell you this. There is no excuse for not. As long as you are in this same Nigeria, if it's once a month, you must see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh huh. You, you see, it is not compulsory. But I'm telling you, if you want, because, see, if you are dating someone, you know to know as well. And let me tell you, let me even say this. It just came to me. Ah, uh, if you are going to see the person, are you hearing what I'm saying? You are single. You are not supposed to live with the person or stay together with the person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Something will happen. Even if something does not happen, how do you want to prove to us that something did not happen? It can even affect your testimony. Somebody, you see, many of us don't know where God is taking us. Somebody sees you 20 years later, the answer is that, ah, is that not that lady? You know, like, don't do that to yourself. Get an hotel or go with someone. We might criticize the things the generation of our parents did. The generation of our parents who want to go and visit your husband or wife to be. Somebody will go with you. Ah, we sit at a distance where they can be seeing you. You can't be doing nonsense when somebody your younger, especially somebody younger to be in the faith. You will not want to mess up yourself before that person now. So when you say you are going to see someone, don't go and see you now carry your you want, you want to go and spend weekend in his house. You are now cooking food. Don't do that. You are not yet a wife. Don't be playing the role of a wife. Go there and you are washing, you are washing, washing clothes, washing his mother's clothes. You are just looking at you, that stupid girl. Mafo, mafo. You are not the first person to do that. Wife material. In a relationship, but he is not speaking my love language. How do I teach him how to? Tell him your love language. It's as simple as that. Tell him, this is not how I like love being expressed to me. If the person is buying gifts and you are quality time. Tell the person, I want time with you, not gift. Don't stop the gift, too, but spend more time. <laughs> because men, the way men process information, in the moment you say, no, my love language, it will just stop the gift. <laughs> so you tell him, don't stop the gift, but spend time. <laughs> if staying away from in-laws needs to do with spiritual reasons, what or how can one undo such issues? Ah. This one, you will need to see me. Okay, I don't, the, the spiritual issue that didn't manifest before you got married. Ah, we might need to find out what that spiritual issue is. So I can't give a generic, if I give a generic answer to that, I can be giving a wrong counsel. How can you manage family members that want to be in charge of your home? If it's a man that is asking this question, that is why you are a man. You are the head of that home. You have a right to protect your home. If you are a woman, ah, 
talk to your husband respectfully to develop spine. To be a man. In-laws cannot be as much as I respect my in-laws and my family members. They know their boundaries. Because that is your home. It's not our home. That's why my family does not refer to my wife as our wife. Because when I was frustrating, we didn't frustrate together. I frustrated alone. Words are powerful. The moment I say, what you are telling them is they have the right to control her. My mother-in-law can talk to my wife, but not control her. There are things that when my mother-in-law wants to tell my wife, she tells me, I tell her. So men develop spine. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And let me tell you this. Any spiritually mature woman will not want to control your home or father. That's why we say you need to check the family you want to marry to. One just say, we are in love, we are in love, we are in love. And you are not seeing. Love is not blind though and it's not crazy. May the Lord bless you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.